We are so excited to announce that we have opened the doors to our private membership community, The Symposium. Inside The Symposium, you have access to all of our free and paid content, daily prompts to pull to, live monthly workshops, reading room Zooms, and monthly virtual meetups. We also host monthly challenges and have a lively and engaged community, as well as tarot spread and resource libraries. The Symposium is an incredible community of like-minded folks who value the intersection of tarot, mental health, self-reflection, and personal growth. We're really excited to meet you all inside the symposium. So head over to thetarotdiagnosis.com and click join the symposium today to become a part of our community. You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. We're your hosts. I'm Luna. And I'm Shannon. We're both clinical psychotherapists who trained together at Johns Hopkins. Now we are both in private practice in Tampa, Florida, and in Baltimore, Maryland. We also both happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, we work to demystify the tarot and explore its connections to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. Join us while we pull cards to better understand ourselves and those around us. Hey, Luna. Hey, Shannon. So I really like today's topic. Uh, It's something that I've experienced a ton. I know you've also (laughs) experienced a ton. I think you more than me, actually. (laughs) Maybe. We're we're exploring the idea of starting over. Mm -hmm. I love this. Yeah, it's a big one. I think um, think it's one of the main reasons people tend to seek therapy, too. I feel like I get that a lot. It's because there is either a big life change that they are going through or that they want to go through, whether it's, you know, the, the most common one I feel like is midlife career changes or leaving a relationship Mm -hmm. that they've been in for a while, Mm -hmm. or one I've done like 12 or 13 times now relocating, (laughs) moving to a new state or a new country. So yeah, I feel like it's, you know, there's so many different avenues that we could take today, but the theme is just starting over doing something new. I think you said that so well. I think that it is something that we see in therapy so much, like kind of what we primarily do in our work is really around thinking and it's around like our own thought patterns and how they hold us back. But so often that's linked with, uh, a a logistical part of your life. Um, And I'm actually realizing that sometimes it's the thinking that causes the logistical change in your life. But yeah, this is so much. And it's it's funny because I've seen it a lot just this past week. So many Mm -hmm. people, there's sort of been a either a sudden decision to start over or an incredible drive to start over. And I do find that particularly interesting when you're having a conversation with somebody and they really want to do a start over and they have it like a fantasy, you know? And it's really interesting to explore the fantasy and what is the fantasy about and what is it really? I mean, do you really want to fill in fantasy here, bike across the country? Do you really want to move to South America? Do you really want to have a farm in Arkansas? Like, or <laughs> that one's mine. Shannon's laughing because yeah. <laughs> that one's mine. Or is the, what does that represent? Um, and that's yeah. always interesting in the therapy office. Yeah, I like the direction you just took there. It made me realize too that when you were talking about how this is very much it originates from a thinking perspective, you know, a lot of times we will see people, you know, kind of having that fantasy because they're wanting to run away from something. Yes. So they're avoiding dealing with something that 
is fixable or manageable, but maybe it feels a little too overwhelming. So they do tend to move towards that escape fantasy. Or, you know, the other thinking issue that we see that we haven't touched on is the fact that sometimes people feel or think that starting over is impossible. Maybe it's too late. Maybe they're too old or they're not allowed to, or that's for people in the movies or other people can do that, but not me. So yeah, there's so many different layers to this idea of starting over. I mean, yes. And like what you just said is all Mm. very true. You know, I think that another thing that we see is somebody changes, like a person evolves and then it's not running away. Then it's like, oh my goodness. Like I just realized that a whole bunch of things about myself and I've realized I'm probably going to have to start doing things differently. And it's, uh, there's a resistance towards that change, a resistance towards moving forward. Oh, now we're really getting into it. (laughs) And it could also not necessarily be your own resistance, but the resistance of people around you that kind of keep you stuck, even though you know that maybe you've outgrown a situation or a person or a group of people, and it's time to move forward. There's a a guilt complex or, or these people need me, or I shouldn't be moving forward, or I shouldn't be starting over. I shouldn't be doing something new because I have to stay here or these people are going to be mad or I'm going to disappoint people or let people down. Ooh, yeah. So much. I am am excited to pull a card because I feel like there's so many directions that we could go. And I almost want to pull the card for guidance around where should we begin? Oh, that sounds good. Okay. You like that? Yes. All right. What deck are you using Okay, so I'm excited. I (laughs) was going to use Aquarian Tarot, and I actually did pull a card from it directly beforehand, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm happy about that card. But then I looked over, and I decided to pull from Scorpio Sea Tarot, which... Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. I really love this deck, and I've come to... I bought the deck cold, and I've come to realize Mm -hmm. that the deck is based on a book series, which I've never read. No way. Yeah. Um, and apparently I saw actually, she has a, the author has another deck and I ran into it the other day. I was like, maybe I should get this too. It's wonderful (laughs) because the deck really has a narrative quality, but there's something about pulling these cards without knowing the story and seeing the depth of these characters. That's really fun and interesting. And so I wanted to pull this deck because it feels like like an escape fantasy or like a new yeah. story, but that one that I don't understand. So I was kind of thrilled when I figured that out. Long story. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, isn't that fun? So do you plan on reading the story? I don't plan on it. I'm not opposed yeah. to it, but I don't plan on it. I wonder if reading it would kind of change your relationship with the deck. And if you would. really like your relationship, I could see why you would be like, mm, no, I don't, I don't want to muddy. It's exactly right. Cause I would be so yeah. sad if I read it and was like, this is cheesy or like, and yeah, I, there's no reason like, like for me to say that about the books. I have no idea, right. but um, yeah, I, I don't want to muddy it in a way. How about you? What are you pulling totally from? Totally understandable. Um, I'm using Modern Witch again, which I okay. used in our, our Instagram live last night. I, I don't know. I'm feeling... It's a good deck. It's a, yeah. Even, I love that it still focuses on kind of like the traditional imagery, but with a modern twist, obviously, Modern Witch. Yeah. Um, but it just it feels a little lighter than Tarot Vintage or Hush Tarot, and I need that right now. I think it's the colors. <laughs> I'm feeling... I need the, the colorfulness in my life. That's fun. Oh, oh you're going to like this card. What did you get? I got Ace of Cups. Oh, <laughs> what a wonderful oh. card for this. Oh. Right? I mean, come on. It's perfect. This is, 
how synchronistic and I think on the heels of our right. synchronicity episode, like this is, I mean, you can't get any, any better than Ace of Cups when we're talking about starting over. It's literally the card of new beginnings. Oh, I, love- I mean, it's all like, look what could be. It's kind of, you know, there's a lot of talk about this hand kind of like, like an offering or an invitation, which I love that. But I think this hand holding this cup is like, hey, if you decide to start over, look what you could have. It's kind yeah. of, it's it's like this offering, I, I guess. So, you know, when we're choosing to start over or I guess even maybe even being forced to start over sometimes. I don't know if we talked about that when we opened the episode. Mm. You know, I, I'm so glad this card came out because <laughs> I think. It's for you. It's, it's it, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, for real, because especially where I'm about to go with this, it's so easy for us to immediately think of all the scary what ifs, what if this goes wrong? What if this happens? You know, what if, what if, what if, what if? Yeah. And when we head down that path, it's so hard to see the, well, what if something goes right? Or what if you do this, you start over, you have these new beginnings and your cup is just overflowing and life is peaceful and joyful and you have everything that you, that you need within reason. Of course, that's an idealistic romanticized version, but yeah, that I I can't, of course, Ace of Cups comes out, but I, I guess I wasn't Really expecting it. It's really sweet. I mean, I'm so happy that you pulled that. I'm so happy that you pulled it for all of us, but I'm so happy you pulled it for you too. Like that's so (laughs) nice. I love Ace of Cups. I mean, I'm actually going to kind of like uh, go back to something you said around the idea of you have everything you need. And then you said that might not be realistic, except for really, maybe it is. Mm -hmm. I think it's unrealistic to say everything will be perfect and you will have no right, wants, right. right? Yeah. That's a better way to say that right. for sure. But like, this is kind of the point of Ace of Cups is it's the ultimate, like, Hey, the universe has your back and wants good things for you card. Yeah. And that's yeah. your needs are going to be met because, because that's the promise of the universe. You're going to be okay. And that is a really challenging idea. We are programmed Mm. to be nervous. And this card says, (laughs) like, you're all good. Don't be nervous. That's actually really interesting because I'm thinking back to when we shared our uh, synchronistic experiences last episode. Mm -hmm. And the, my story was the woman who said, you know, don't be afraid. Like, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, something that I'm looking at this card now and something that I tend to overlook because I guess, because I pay attention to the hand holding the cup and the water coming out of the cup are these, these lily pads floating underneath it. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if we've ever really focused on those, but you know, lily pads, I remember reading an article a while ago about these like giant, massive lily pads that are, I think in like the Amazon or something, but they're huge. And they were, there's, they were just talking about how we could study them for the purposes of like learning how to like construct things or something like that. Don't quote me. It was forever ago. Um, but I'm looking at these small lily pads and like, Oh, they're, they're rigid, but flexible, which I think is (laughs) this like great quality to have. And they balance each other out and they're able to survive and thrive in relatively unstable territory of water. And I think it's just really nice. I should probably spend some time with this card because you know, there's so much movement in water. And when we're starting over, there's so much movement and to feel like a lily pad, (laughs) 
might be really nice to know that we can be, you know, are not rigid in terms of a maladaptive, but we can be, you know, kind of structured within ourselves, but also able to withstand, you know, all of the movement of the water and be flexible and go with the flow. I mean, I love everything you just said. I'm rolling around in all of this. This is amazing. Yeah, I bet you are. Yeah, I'm like, like, I'm actually just uh, going to take this card and set it up on my laptop so I can just stare at yep. the rest of the episode. Yep, this is the card. <laughs> um, and I love what you were just saying about the lilies. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm a sucker for religious stories. Like, I love <laughs> the traditions. And like, I think that there's just so much wisdom in all of the traditions. And what I love about Ace of Cups is that there's this bringing together for me of a ton of religious symbolism that I think is really pointed. And when you're talking about the lilies, I think of Thich Nhat Hanh, and the teaching of no mud, no lotus, which is a total, like, which is like the Buddhist teaching that suffering is a part of life. And that's the first noble truth. Suffering is a part of life. When once we accept it and learn how to use it and grow from it, a lotus, I mean, like, that's what a water Mm -hmm. lily and a lotus comes from. No mud, no lotus. I love that. And then layer that with the really traditional Christian symbolism here and the Old Testament symbolism of the dove which is the the promise after the flooding in Noah's Ark and the chalice, which is New Testament of the promise of, of the coming of Jesus. I'm just referencing the symbolism here. I think it's, I appreciate the the dynamic information. That's and actually, so, so Modern Witch, there's, because I know you always share the the story with like the dove and the religious symbolism. And I think that's why modern, like these decks like Modern Witch are so nice because they're still holding true to the traditional imagery. But in this one, instead of a dove, there's a heart, which I think oh, is lovely. so sweet yeah. and gentle. Yeah. So if you don't tend to subscribe. Or yeah. If that's not meaningful to, to for you or it's upsetting right. for you, there's another way of thinking about it. Sure. But you know, like the thing I would just return to is that this tradition and this story is supposed to be about and originally was about this idea of the universe has your back, that there is suffering, but there is, you are going to be okay. That's what all of those images say. Like, yes, there's suffering and yes, you are going to be okay. And that shows up in three ways in this card. I love that. So I just went flipping through Scorpio Sea Tarot because I thought it might be fun to bring in a completely non-traditional image on this one. And I love this. It's, um, it's just a picture of what appears to be a baby seal. Oh, baby seal. It's, yes. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Everyone loves a good baby Everybody seal. Everybody loves a baby seal. <laughs> and I love how it somehow has nothing to do with the traditional imagery. <laughs> and yet still for me invokes this feeling of like this little guy yeah. looks happy and okay. And it captures mm. that feeling of it's okay without any of that imagery. And I just, I, this is why I love having a million decks. Yeah, I know because you can have, you know, the same card, the same, you know, kind of traditional meaning, but yet this is why deck, um, addictions happen. It's like, well, what is this, what does this card bring up for me? And what does that, you know, card from that deck bring up for me? There's, there's so many possibilities. And I think I'm so excited that this is the card that showed up because I think ultimately it was a good way to to open the episode yeah. because it's this beautiful invitation of what could be <laughs> 
And I think it's good to hold on to that. Totally. And I feel like it feels only appropriate to sort of mention the ideas. I mean, this is where do we begin? And we, you began with this idea of it's going to be okay with this Ace of Cups. I might throw in that this, it feels appropriate to talk about Tower and Star and how that like yeah. that's the the way of talking about it in tarot is that yes there is a tarot, tower moment sometimes but it's followed by clarity and balance yeah i think that ties back to a moment ago when you were talking about like evolution and change and how you know we often say these tower moments are a necessary part of life which we could actually tie yeah. back into the buddhist principle of you know suffering as a part of life like we need to have these in order to grow in order to kind of like reach that peak of self-actualization which also ties into everything we say in terms of you know we can't grow unless we're uncomfortable absolutely you know which is my favorite quote a comfort zone is a beautiful place but nothing ever grows there so <laughs> Yeah. What a, wow. What a way to start the episode. Uh, what did you pull? Can we talk about your card? Yeah. So here's what's interesting. Right before the episode I pulled, I think I said this, I pulled from Aquarian oh, Tarot yeah. and I pulled Queen of Swords and Ooh, I was like, oh, I really like that. And then when we shuffled, I pulled from Scorpio C, King of Swords. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so Queen of Swords, King of Swords. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So I just want to tell you, I pulled four cards before we started and all of them were swords except one. And it was queen of wands, but oh, I pulled all swords. <laughs> and the fact that you also pulled swords for today <laughs> is quite fascinating. Oh my goodness. Isn't that the whole, isn't that like what we wow. were saying a few minutes ago, yeah. right? That like when we talk about starting over, how much of it is genuinely about the logistics and how much yeah. of it is about our thinking about the logistics? 100%. So which card do you want to start with? You want to start with, what did you pull first from Aquarian? Was it Queen of it Swords? It was Queen of Swords first and then it was King of Swords, mm -hmm. but I almost want to talk about them as a couple, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I want to, it's, it's funny, you know, because you and I have been working on the concept of Kings recently because we're doing a workshop and symposium about Kings. And I've been thinking a lot about how Queens and Kings really represent mastery of the suit. I sort of like the idea that these two are not, um, that they are on the same level and mm -hmm. that it's different versions of mastery because as yeah. humans, I don't know if we ever really get to mastery. So it's sort of like, right. <laughs> this is one version of mastery. This is another version of mastery. And I sort of love that they both came out and we're talking about swords and we're talking about ideas and thinking and concepts and how somehow starting over is this moment of the ability to access mastery over your thinking through the very disruptive acts, the wands act of yeah. starting over. Yeah. It's interesting when you think about them paired together because, you know, working on this this workshop, um, working with the Kings that, that we're doing in the symposium, we do focus a lot on your relationship with the court cards and how, you know, we view Queens as more uh, King, King and Queens as both having mastery, but the way they maybe show this level of mastery is different. So with the Queens, it's more here, I'll be a little bit more on your level and kind of guide you and show you the way or give you some insight. Whereas, 
the king would be, you know, the college professor in the front of the class, you know, where everyone's, you know, he's still teaching and showing the way, but there's less handholding. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm thinking too, these two paired together reminds me of how important it is to seek out support in times of change and starting over because that process in and of itself can feel very isolating. And especially if the people around you maybe don't agree with what you are doing in terms of starting over, finding people who have done it or people that you trust who do have that queen or king energy can be really comforting. I love where you just went with this. Like, I love it so much. This is something that I'll sort of say to clients sometimes when, yeah. when something's going on, I'll sort of say, do you have a role model for this? Exactly. Right. Yeah. And it's funny how often people are like, no, no, mm-hmm. I really, really, truly do not. And that's part of the problem. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't it's have part of the problem. Uh, yeah, I don't have a, a map. I've never seen this, particularly we see this with relationships. I'll sometimes say to people, okay, I want you to go out in public and I want you to look around and I want you to specifically look for happy couples. because they exist. You're just not seeing them. Right. That's a really interesting point that if we are starting over, it is really helpful to have not only the road roadmap in our own mind of what we think it should look like or how maybe it's going to go, but the courage that we get from knowing that other people have walked on this path and been successful. Yeah. And now I also want to (laughs) say, and your path doesn't have to look exactly like theirs, even if they're your mentor and you know, you're looking to them for support and guidance. If you think that going a slightly different way or doing something slightly different is going to be the best for you, then please do that. Like, you know, yourself best, trust your intuition. I think that's something else that goes back to Ace of Cups that we didn't talk about how the water flowing out of the cup, like all of those streams of water tend to represent like, you know, different senses and different versions of, you know, ourself, including our intuition. So yeah, having someone to help guide you is important, but at the end of the day, you know what you need and what's best for you. I think that that's so true, right? Like, and I would hope that whoever you would have as a role model wouldn't say, do it like me. They would say like, okay, this was my experience. This is how Mm -hmm. I did it. You do it your own way. But I'm just telling you that I remember feeling stuck. I remember not being sure how this was going to go. And it kind of worked out. It's, I mean, it kind of comes back to the, almost that ace of cups, this idea of, of having faith. One time, I think I've said this on the podcast before, like I was in the moment of trying to decide what to do. And I was very nervous about making a change. And I walked up to one of those card things, you know, at those quote cards that were everywhere for a while. And it said, just one of these like quotes, it just said, jump and the net will appear. And I felt it was like, that was a synchronicity for me. I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. like this stupid card just told me to go ahead and have faith. And sure enough, like it was scary, but I did it and it worked great. You know, so we're, we're talking so much about, you know, have faith and do it, like take on this big (laughs) change, start over because, you know, we opened with the ace of cups and then, you know, queen of swords and king of swords. And, but you said something a moment ago, you said the word stuck. And I looked down and I pulled so many swords. I pulled Five of swords, six of swords, and eight of swords. Goodness. And I, yeah. Wait, I say it again. Wait, right? Five, six, and eight. Five, six, and eight. And I kind of want to talk about eight of swords real quick to maybe shed some light on the difficult part of starting over because I, well, I think eight of swords, there's, there's a, a couple different components of eight of swords 
based on this topic. I think eight of swords can be how we feel right before we decide to start over because usually there's a level of stuckness, like you said, and it's like, "Mm, I kind of feel stagnant. I'm not really sure what I should be doing right now. I think I need to be doing something different. So that eight of swords is, you know, this doesn't feel good where I'm at right now. I should probably maybe do something. It's kind of like that pre-contemplative, contemplative contemplative stage of the stages of change. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, so usually right before something big happens, I kind of feel like we could be eight of swords. So it's, you know, this, this pathway to change. But I think with eight of swords, we also tend to talk about it in terms of Uh, this level of like self-imposed energy that exists within it, like a self-imposed entrapment possibly because, you know, you have this blindfold on, you're kind of bound, but your feet are free. Um, You have resources nearby, like the swords. You could put, you could just walk away Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, Mm -hmm. like, can you, can you cut this rope off me? Which, you know, looking at this card and the blindfold and just the standing in the water kind of reminds me of like an escape fantasy and how, instead of making change, you can just kind of play, you can just daydream in your head and still stay stuck. And, you know, it's difficult for our brain. We can almost do more harm than good sometimes with that, because if we are stuck in this eight of swords energy Mm -hmm. and we're just, you know, we have our blindfolds on and we're like, oh, it could be so much better if I did this, or it would be so much better if I did that, you know, our brains can't really tell the difference. That's why, you know, when we're talking about anxiety and stuff, when we create these situations in our mind that aren't real, our brain feels like they're real. And it's the same for daydreams or escape fantasies. You're still releasing those same feel good chemicals as if you were actually experiencing the daydream in real life. So that's where it's kind of like a blessing and a curse, you know? So I think this, this eight of swords, energy is worth talking about because, you know, there's this, I think it kind of maybe maybe reinforces that idea that I can't start over or it's too late or, well, I can fantasize and daydream about starting over, but uh, my hands are tied. So I can't actually do it. Okay. (laughs) This might get a little bit crazy. Buckle up. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) Um, So I cut the deck and Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk for in a second about what I got, but I want to talk for a second about these three cards in a row, five, six, and eight of swords. Mm. Um, and the phrase that I have in mind is wherever you go, there you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is the fair warning that we use that we can bring in therapy to somebody who's experiencing a, I think I want to start over. I like, or an escape fantasy or a, like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to blow up my life. I've had this conversation actually Gosh, this week I had this conversation with somebody around like, hang on, why don't you sit still for a second? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, this five of swords is like, to me in this context, this five of swords is this guy who's sort of like, no, this is the way, like, no, what I need is to start over and I'm going to just grab all these swords and here I am, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave. And then what happens? You end up stuck because you didn't Mm -hmm. resolve the underlying issue, right? Like, so glad you went here. You're just trying to change things up. The card that I pulled was seven of cups, which I think speaks so much (laughs) to this, you know, particularly the escape fantasy. And, you know, I'm going to call out social media here with like, sort of like this scrolling like there's so many accounts, many of which I follow, which are like the fantasy life accounts 
mm-hmm. of like, oh, look at this fantasy life. Oh, look at this fantasy life. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but I tend to sort of like follow a whole bunch of themes, you know, like I'll follow like the homesteader people or then I'll follow, right. you know, like what, and then like, I sort of think this is what I should do, yeah. you know, <laughs> but how much of it is just like fantasy and how many of those cups are dangerous and harmful. Like, okay. So I like the seven of cups because there's so many different things in the cups. Some of it's Mm -hmm. treasure and some of it's, you know, dangerous. I love this card from this deck because it's, um, it's like a deer that has weird stuff hanging from its antlers. And it's very interesting. Some of this stuff is dangerous, like a pair of scissors. That's probably not a good idea, but also some of it's helpful, like an apple that looks tasty, but I don't have access to eat the apple because it's just hanging here on my horns. Oh, wow. It's, uh, <laughs> I told so, you it was I'm crazy. So I told you I was going to no, like, buckle up. That was a lot. Not that, No, that was so perfect that I hadn't even considered going in that direction. I'm so glad you did because I mean, I'm thinking of <laughs> lots of sessions I've had where yeah. <laughs> I've had to look at people and say, you're doing that pattern again where you think it's going to be like like the grass is always greener totally. type of yeah. thing yeah. and something else that you mentioned with the 7 of cups or you said something in it and it brought up the the word impulsivity because yes. i think that's something you also have to be careful of like am i starting over because this is truly what i need in my life right now have i outgrown where i live have i outgrown my job have i outgrown my relationship whatever or Going back to everything you just said about, you know, wherever you go, there you are. Are you running away from something? Is this an impulsive decision that you're like, I just, I have to leave now. I have to start over. My life can't, you know, stay the way it is. And if I move to New York City or if I move to LA, Mm -hmm. everything's going to be different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times it's happened with people and nothing changes. changes. And that goes, that goes back to something I say all the time. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So you can change your environment. Sure. But like, you're just putting yourself as you are in a new place. And people tend to get so disappointed when they realize, Oh, I've got this new house. I've got this new car. I've got this new job and I'm still depressed and I'm still anxious and I'm still unfulfilled. You know, I mean, I think that this is something that's really interesting. Okay. So I'm going to give it categories Mm. and you know, there's a million categories, but this is how I want to talk about it for a second. It's interesting to consider starting over due to purely external circumstances. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's one category. Category two is starting over because you decided to. And I think if we look at category two and say, you decided to start over, it's interesting to ask the question, did you decide to start over because you're running away or did you decide to start over because you're being called to something? And I think people will lie to themselves and say, oh, I think I'm being called. But if you really yeah. poke, they know that that's not true. And you know, I think that we need to make room for the conversation of around the logistics, but I would pause on that for a second. Why are you starting over? Is it because, yeah. is it an escape? Or is it a calling? Now, if it's calling, it's really scary. But if it's an escape, it's going to fall flat. Yeah, I think that's when you start asking questions like, what's the driving force behind this? You know, let's sit down and say, okay, what makes you feel like you have to go in this direction? What happens if you do? What happens if you don't? What are some other options? And what happens if you, what happens if you stay? What happens if you don't 
start over. Yeah. Or what, what do, does life look like then? What happens if you start over in another way? Right. You yeah. Know? I mean, I'm maybe a little more realistic way. Right. Like I'm going to go to two of cups, you know, and sort of mm-hmm. say like, we can see this in relationships, you know, I certainly have had this conversation with a lot of clients, like this, should I stay or should I go conversation in the relationship? Right. And sometimes the answer is like, well, have you, have you tried improving the relationship rather than mm-hmm. just bolting? Exactly. That reminds me of, you know, my, my favorite therapist. I haven't talked about her in a while, Esther Perel. You know, she talks about, you know, version 2.0, yeah. version 3.0 of your relationship, which I think is important to keep in mind also for your, you know, we're, we're talking about starting over in life because I think that there can be this romanticized expectation of starting over, doing something new and being a completely different person. It's like, Oh, you know, once I lose all this weight, my life is going to be so different. Or once I, you know, move to this new state, like everything's going to be, you know, totally, totally changed. And it's like, okay, some things may be different, but that's me also not the healthiest way to look at that. Let's just look at this as a newer version of yourself because we don't want to ignore all the work that you've done or just say, Oh, I'm leaving this person behind or I'm leaving myself behind, or, you know, I'm never going to think about this relationship again. You know, I think that's doing ourselves a disservice. So really it's just, you know, different versions of, of who we are and making sure that we're still honoring the past versions of ourselves or our relationship or our life. I love what you just said in two different ways, right? It's it goes back to this idea of wherever you go, there you are. And sort of saying like, let's bring, let's bring that person with us rather than trying Mm -hmm. to leave them behind. I love that you're saying that, but I think that we can also say that for a logistical starting over, you know, whatever you lost your job, you have to move, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, like somebody dumped you, you are still everything that you were, every lesson you learned all aspects of you, you get to keep just because things changed doesn't mean that you are gone. Yeah. And you know, I keep looking at five of swords and these two people in the background, because I feel like a lot of this conversation, we're just talking about the self. Yeah. And I think that's really important, but I kind of want to talk about how our decision to start over affects the people around us. Oh, Yeah. Because I just keep looking at these two people and they just look so sad. And, you know, I think, I know I'm a proponent of, you know, take care of yourself. We have to look out for ourselves. We're our own best advocate. But I think it's also important to consider how our decisions impact other people. And I'm not saying make decisions for your life (laughs) based on how it's going to make other people feel, but I still think it's important to talk about. I know you know, I, I have dealt with this so much in my own life because I've, I've started over probably, I think a dozen times at this point, I've, I've lost track. I know it's over 10 or 11 where I've just moved to different places because, you know, I've had to, or, you know, we've just started over and there tends to always be like an argument or a conflict or some level mm-hmm. of stress involved because either people don't agree with or or they're sad <laughs> that I'm leaving. And, you know, there's a level of pain there. And, you know, when you're starting to start over or choosing to start over and you're doing something new, there's that inevitability of grief because you're leaving something behind and you're also leaving people behind. And 
It could be people that you still have relationships with and that you now have to figure out what is this relationship going to look like now that I'm starting over somewhere new or doing something new, or, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not just moving, maybe I'm starting a new job and now you're not going to see me as much, or maybe I'm, you know, changing the way, you know, my lifestyle is. And so the things that we used to do together don't really fit into my life anymore, but I don't want to lose your, you and our relationship or maybe you do lose them. And not only are you grieving that loss, but they're grieving that loss. So it's, it's a good representation. This card is, I guess, a good representation of kind of the the pain that is inherent in starting over. And I think it's important to keep in mind that, yeah, there's a lot of joy. There's a lot of Ace of Cups moments, but you know, you, you can have these fancy swords and be okay with your decision and pain still exists. (laughs) everything you just said is so rich and like, you're really exploring how complicated this can be. Mm-hmm. I want to talk for a second about the, the thing you said at the beginning that I think was so interesting around the idea of community and letting, mm-hmm. having people who can hold you accountable. Yeah. And, you know, two things are true at the same time. Sometimes it's right to walk away from people because the way they're holding you accountable isn't healthy. Okay. Mm-hmm. But also you know, there is something about having people in your life who really know you and who are going to call you out on your bullshit and who are going to say, you know, like you're doing that thing again. And when we're constantly starting over, we don't let those people have a voice or we don't even let those people exist. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I know what I want and you become too rigid. Yeah. You put a wall up. And that is not a life well lived. There is something like really vulnerable, really scary about having people in your life who know you that well, but also it's such a gift. It's so wonderful to have people who you can be like, oh, okay, I can tell you this. I have a friend who's, um, who's also a therapist who I did not meet in therapy school. She's like my friend and she became a therapist long before I did. And whenever we get on the phone, we talk, you know, like maybe every six months, like we're close, but we don't talk often, you know, it's like that we've been friends 30 years. And whenever (laughs) we talk, we both kind of do this thing of, we sort of share stuff from our life. And then inevitably one of us will have something that's like hard or dark and we'll kind of pause and say, Oh, Oh, I can say this to you. And the other person's like, yeah, that's right. Remember? And then the real conversation begins. Yeah. It's your birthday tomorrow. Uh, I have to remember. Yeah. Yeah. You have to to call her. You have to have one of those six month (laughs) chats. Yeah. It's interesting the way, and I love that little anecdote because it's making me look at the six of swords differently, Mm. which is interesting because I love the six of swords, but I'm... I'm, I'm really like paying attention to the cards today. I'm, which is something, actually it's something I've been wanting to work on because I tend to pull a card, see what it is. And then immediately just like start my brain just starts going. And I admire people. We have a few folks in the symposium who really pick out certain details in the card. And so that's something I've been challenging myself on lately is like, I really need to sit with the images and I'm looking at the choppy water in the six of swords, which I feel like could also represent all that chatter around you, either the good or the bad. And this person's like kind of looking away from the choppy water and looking into the distance of the calm water. So I feel like this card is, there's a lot of duality here. There's, yeah. and it, 
ignoring the chatter of the people around you who are maybe going to tell you what you need to hear. Like, like this relationship you have with your friend, like, Oh, I can talk to you like this. I can share some things with you, you know, and maybe ignoring that. Or it's also, I guess the healthy version of this card would be those people saying, Oh, don't follow your heart. Don't do what you want. You know, don't go, don't change. And saying, I can't afford to listen to you. I know it's good for me. So yeah, it's really interesting looking at this card in those two ways now because the choppy water could represent negative chatter or positive chatter. And you're really looking away from both of them. You know, I mean, I'm so pleased that you're talking about looking at the details in this card. We because one thing that has changed for me in this card, and it's because of a workshop we had in symposium, because somebody did this, they brought out a detail I'd never paid attention to, and I'm going to pay attention to it now. This six of swords, which again, it's a card that I love. It's a card that I sort Mm -hmm. of like relate to in so many ways. But one way of thinking about it is this idea of like, look at the person who's rowing the boat, you know, the person who's going away is getting to have this kind of melancholy moment, Yeah, you know, (laughs) and is ignoring, has literally turned a back towards everything, all of the mess that you're making and all of the hard work that you're asking other people to perform. Like, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to have you do the hard work of getting me out of this situation. And I think sometimes we do that. Sometimes when we start over, we leave a mess and we want other people to pick it up. Yeah. And sometimes that's a tough pill to swallow. Oh yeah. That wasn't fun. Because no, because we don't want to, we don't want to believe that about ourselves because we're so focused on that forward destination. We don't even want to think about what we've left behind. Yeah. So I'm looking at the queen of wands, which we haven't talked about yet. And I almost feel like (laughs) she's kind of a nice, like (laughs) tie in to this ace of cups. So I'm going to pull them together now because even amidst like everything we're talking about, we really started the episode kind of really positive, really light in terms of the excitement of starting over. And then we got into the nitty gritty of like, well, here's the reality of it as well. But I think this, this queen of wands, which I know is very much you know, a card that you love is really about the end goal, which is to feel secure and confident in our decisions and and the outcome of something, which Mm -hmm. I guess also speaks to a concept that I talk about pretty frequently called radical acceptance. I, you know, I'm really happy with this card right now, (laughs) you know, because wands to me, like the first word for me with wands is adventure. And I kind of love that you just you just opened that card for me a little bit. The thing about Queen of Wands is that she's so cool. Like I totally am like <laughs> I want to be her. And but the thing that I need to understand is that she's so cool and she can sit there, you know, with her sunflower and be like radiant and interesting and dynamic because she was brave. And because she yes. did her adventures and I want to pair her, even though we didn't pull the card, but I kind of want to like echo this idea of queen of wands and king of wands and put them together mm, and say, yeah. this is the idea of what happens when we are thoughtfully and carefully brave and we go on the adventures that we are called on and we manage the adventures that are just accidental or logistical and we learn the lessons, then we can end up being masters of this suit. And then we can really have this queen of wands or king of wands energy of, I know what's going on here. 
that's what's awesome about the kings and queens is they are those role models who are basically saying like, yeah, I, I, I get it. I know what's going on here and I can talk to you about it or I can teach you about it. And I love Queen of Wands right now because she's the lived experience of starting over. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at The Tarot Diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com.